You are now listening to Hack My Age, the show that brings you guests with information on how to make yourself hard to kill and help you live to 100 and beyond in good condition. I'm your host, Zora Benamou, a digital nomad currently stuck in Spain, certified sports nutrition coach and master student of gerontology at USC. I am the creator of the Longevity Master Plan, an online program to slow aging and author of the cookbook, Eating for Longevity. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review to help others find us too. Welcome age disruptors. Today I'm sitting here with someone really, really special. This is someone I believe can radically change your life. Even if you think it's already great, (laughs) we're about optimizing here. And there is a whole other level out there. And I think Kim and Ami know something we don't. I discovered this powerful woman through a friend of mine who was raving about her and her sex and relationships cool. I had to check her out. And what I found really blew my mind. And I realized I, a 50-year-old woman and mother of two, and so many women and men from my ex-generation, even baby boomers, know nothing about sex. So Kim Anami is a writer, speaker, podcaster, and a holistic sex and relationship coach, but she's not an ordinary one. Her approach to sex is totally different than anything I've seen before. And she opens up our minds to sex in both a physical and spiritual manner through self-exploration and emotional energy. She gives us a language. So I love, she gives us languages to use, words to use, and a platform to speak about something that for many of us is still taboo. So she shows us how to use our sexual energy to become more creative, alive, and connected. And she can even show you how to do vaginal kung fu and shoot ping pong balls or lift weights with your vagina, if you got one. (laughs) And her work is a spiritual synthesis of over two decades of Tantra, Taoism, transpersonal psychology, philosophy, and a host of quantum growth accelerating practices that she uses to get her clients into a higher stratospheres of connection, intimacy, energy, and creativity. And the coolest thing is Kim is like a nomad like me, lives in between Bali and LA and all the beaches in between, and has an amazing podcast called Orgasmic Enlightenment. And she's been featured in major media, including Playboy, the Sunday Times, GQ, the the Huffington Post, as well as CNN, E-Network, and NPR. She's been all over the place. She is a friggin' rock star. And now she's here with us. And you can follow her globetrotting and weightlifting vagina and adventures on Instagram with the hashtag things I lift with my vagina. Her sex education videos are also really cool. They're on YouTube. Go listen to the podcast, Orgasmic Enlightenment, and check out her online all things intimacy programs at kimanami.com. K-I-M-A-N-A-M-I. So easy. And so for those of you in my Hack My Age VIP community who are attending this live interview, if you have questions, just put them in the chat below and we'll get to them. And if you're listening to the podcast and want to attend any of the other live podcast interviews, just go to patreon.com forward slash hack my age. So what I would love to discuss with you today is the topic of sex course, sexuality, and older adults. I'm talking about people who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe 80s, why not 90s? And can we disrupt this stereotype that quote unquote, old people 
don't have sex. They don't have intimacy or any fun in this arena. So without further ado, meet Kim and Ami. Welcome. Thank you so much and for the wonderful introduction. Yeah, it's all true. And it's all, I'm so excited to have you here and, and really change some people's ideas and perspectives on older age and um, sex. So please just give us a little brief. I've I found your, on your website, you have a great, uh, on the podcast is a great page of the very first podcast that you did. All the transcript there, I read it all. And it is quite amazing, your background and your story. And I highly recommend people to go through that. It would take us the whole hour for you to go through it. But I would love for you to briefly explain to people how you even became a a holistic sex and relationship coach. Yeah. Well, the episode you're talking about is called Origins and Orgasms, which was the first episode that I did on the Orgasmic Enlightenment podcast that I created. So For me, I got into the idea of growth and change and evolution and the idea of transforming. Like I was really passionate about the whole notion of how do we change? How do we grow? How do we become the best versions of ourselves from even a teenager? And so I began studying everything from transpersonal psychology, philosophy, meditation, nutrition, exercise, and sex, like sex was one of those things that intuitively, even in my early experiences, I had really powerful, cataclysmic, life-changing events, right? Where I felt like I emerged out of my sexual encounters, feeling reborn, like I was a new person, like the old shedded layers of conditioning had just fallen away from me. And I came out of it feeling more authentic, more confident, more grounded, more me. And so I had this intuitive sense already that sex was this portal to altered states of consciousness, to a higher version of ourselves. Then I discovered Tantra and Taoism in my early 20s. So these ancient arts and practices in ancient China and India of how to really use sex as a tool for enlightenment. So in Western culture, you've got sex over here and spirit over here, and never the two shall meet unless it's in the basement of a Catholic church. But otherwise, these things don't tend to connect and people think that they're really polarized, right? Like that you can't have one and the same. And where my my experience was that, no, these are really the same. Like, you know, and these ancient cultures had that notion that you could use sex as a springboard to enlightenment, to God, essentially. And that was like, okay, that's the language I resonate with, the kind of shame and taboo that I saw in Western culture. I just like, intuitively felt was wrong. And that my own experiences had already showed me something very different, something akin to taking mind-altering substances that I was achieving naturally through sex. And then over the years, as I just was been on this journey of, you know, biohacking or optimizing, right, is that one, if not the most powerful tool and most overlooked tool that has been in my whole repertoire has been sex. And that when people, it's often the missing piece, it's often the place that people don't think to look, they don't think that they're the fact that their career is stagnating has anything to do with their sex life or the fact that their children are acting out has anything to do with their sex life or the fact that they haven't been able to lose these last 15 pounds has anything to do with their sex life. And yet 
so many of these things can be traced back. So my whole notion, the really underpinnings of my whole philosophy are that sexual energy is life force energy. This is the energy that creates new life. And if we're not creating babies with this energy, then we can take it and channel it out into the world as a, as a manifesting power, right? We can birth things, birth projects, birth our work, birth ourselves, birth our bodies in the world through our conscious use of our sexual energy. And so really my whole career then became a combination of all the things that I'd studied up to that point, all these holistic healing modalities with sex really being the forefront, right? And in my practice, I don't use band-aids. Like I don't even, you know, I've never recommended that somebody go get Viagra. I don't even suggest that women take hormones or use false lubrication. I believe that all of these things can be accessed and unleashed within. And if people are simply given the right tools and sexuality, the power of sexual energy is so incredibly potent that it can act as the supercharger, super fuel to really quantum leap and propel people into new dimensions in themselves and, and every part of their lives. This is amazing. So you have broken some taboos, I think, or gotten through that in the Western culture. And I think this is a lot to do with your studies what you and your travels and what you've seen. And I love the, the synergy that you talk about spirituality and, and sexuality, because it is so much more than just sex, right? This is, we use this as an umbrella term, because there's so much, what I've learned about you so far is that it does go so much deeper. And so how have you been able to break some of these taboos and be able to come out with this and, and not be so shocking or for some people, or how do they how are you even able to do that? I think the answer lies within the whole concept, which is the way I talk about sex as being this tool for self-realization, right? To become more of your true self. The more that you're having this conscious, what I call gourmet sex, like I think what you were saying there is maybe akin to junk food sex, right? Where people, I'm not just saying go have a bunch of sex, go masturbate all night to pornography. Like, no, I'm saying that there's a certain way of having sex that gives you energy that propels you in your life and a certain way of having sex that takes away energy, just like junk food sex versus gourmet sex, right? And that I'm really educating people about the power of gourmet sex, usually not knowing what they don't know. And so once you begin to have that energy rolling in your life, this vitality, this radiance, then that in itself becomes a propelling force that you're not even trying to make happen. So a meme that I coined many years ago was this concept of the well-fucked woman or the well-fucked person, which is that when someone is well-fucked, and I'll define that to mean that they are in touch with their sexual energy. So not necessarily that, that they're having a ton of sex, but it's like they know you can be well-fucked and be single. You can be well-fucked and simply learning how to harness your sexual energy. And when you do, it's something that you wear, right? It's a quality, it's a tangible radiance that people pick up on. And I tell a story of years ago, when I was kind of putting these things together, I had my studio in a, like an office building, like apartment building that had a gym downstairs. And I would go to the gym, you know, several times a week. And I got to know this German fellow who would go to the gym as well a lot. And we'd be in there. And after we got to know each other for a while, he, I'd come bounding into the gym and he'd be like, oh, Kim, it's really been a while. Hey. And I'm like, how does he know that it's been a while, you know? And then I'd come bounding into the gym and he'd be like, oh, Kim, you're getting some. And I'm like, how does he know? Like he was totally accurate every time. And then we got to play this game of like, okay, she is, he isn't right. Like in the gym, just by her 
people carried themselves, right? Like there was this kind of contraction, wallflowery, inversion energy when people weren't inhabiting this part of themselves. And when they were, this sort of radiance and, you know, being out there in the world. And so one of the hallmarks that I talk to people about, especially for women, because there's, I think, different and bigger barriers with women around really self-expressing themselves sexually, is that they don't give a fuck anymore what people think of them. They come to this place of putting themselves out there, expressing their truth, speaking up, taking a stand, and not because they're forcing themselves to, because they cannot help but do so. It just tumbles out of them. And that is that unstoppable force of your sexual energy coming through you and out into the world to create, to manifest, to show up. And all you need to do is go fuck yourself, right? Or go fuck your partner, right? So when people are asking me, like, what's the solution? Seriously, just go fuck yourself. Because that's, you know, self-pleasuring or partnered pleasure, and doing it regularly and doing it in the way that I recommend, which is certain breathing practices and ways to really elevate and harvest that sexual energy, then becomes this tangible power that we take out into the world as a creative source, right? As creative raw material. So it happens. It's a, it's a hallmark. It's not even something you have to try to like be controversial or push back through, you know, against people, whatever, who don't. It's like, it doesn't matter. You don't care. It just pings off of you or goes over your head because you're so in yourself and in your own truth that other people's opinions cease to matter. This is uh, one of the hallmarks of getting older too. You just, you don't care as much. I think that's one of the great things about aging is that we just get on with our lives. We realize that the time is ticking and we don't have much more time left on this planet. So we better, you know, do what we need to do, say what we need to say. And I love the energy that these relationships, sex, intimacy, everything that you're teaching is giving a life force energy. This is people come to me and they say, where do you get your energy? There's many things, but I really think your vagina, your vagina, exactly the <laughs> vagina. And you're going to teach everybody how to do this because this is very powerful stuff. And I, and this is in terms of, you know, people can talk about biohacking. You've got to sleep more. We got to get outside. We've got to eat the right foods, but think about when you fall in love or you meet somebody new, or you fall in love again with your partner or something, you connect with somebody, a new girlfriend, and you have got so much energy you don't even need to eat properly or getting the exercise and you've got all this energy. It's that powerful. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. Of course it's good, but it is a very powerful thing. I think a lot of people are missing in the biohacking community that your relationships and your sex life is quite powerful to give you energy. And I would love to know a little bit more about your salons. You call them salons. These are some of your programs. And how do you just, I think a lot of people may be, uh, confused about what, what what you do and in terms of how you help people in groups or personal or one-on-one and do you work with people uh, over the age of 50 you know 60s 70s 80s I mean how how old do you go oh there's no limit so I was doing I primarily do online work in these programs I call salons which is like an e-school e a sex and relationship school but over the years I've, I also have done and probably not doing them any longer but these in-person retreats and one in Mexico, one in Bali each year. And a few years back, a 72-year-old gentleman came alone to the Bali retreat. And his wife of 
like 50 years had passed away the year before. And he was there because he wanted to really like supercharge his sex life so that he could be ready for his next lover, like his next partner. Right. And he'd already mastered the art of being able to separate orgasm from ejaculation. He'd been studying these tantric practices. And like, you know, that's the kind of stuff to me, like these are, you know, that's the normal, like we, in our culture, I think we have what I call the normalization of dysfunction, right? And there's so many, and I think that aging or even women, menopausal women are what I call the cash cow of allopathic medicine, right? Like there's this sort of belief that they dry up and they don't have this juiciness and you have to supplement with hormones and all of this stuff. And I say, that's total bullshit. Like there are cultures in the world who don't even have a term for, the, for menopause because it doesn't exist. Meaning sure, they might cease menstruation, but but it's not accompanied by the end of the world. They don't cease being juicy or libidinous or having lubrication, right? All of these things, not, there's just, you know, no blip on the radar, right? And the same thing for men, they can be having solid rock hard erections well into their seventies and beyond, right? If they're cultivating, look, I think a big part of it is these background practices of diet and exercise and how we take care of ourselves. But it's also through the cultivation of our sexual energy as that life force, right? And so in my work, I've seen that women well into their 50s, 60s, 70s are lubricating on demand without lubrication, without hormonal supplementation, nothing, simply by getting back sexual and also having permission. I'm so sorry, but we that you're getting cut off. I, we lost you, like, I think the last minute. We missed that because that's the part we want to know. <laughs> Right. So women are able to lubricate profusely. They have high libidos. They do not require artificial lubricant, bottles of bedside lube. They, you know, put down the lube, like put the lube in the corner, get away from the lube or, or hormonal supplementation. These things are unnecessary. And I've seen plenty of women in their 50s, 60s and 70s regain all of these things. And quite quickly too, often just through reconnecting to their sexual energy, being given permission that they can do these things. It's possible possible to do these things without any kind of artificial aid and through the use of a jade yoni egg. Like that really is an essential life component for women because the vagina atrophies, it can atrophy in younger women, but you add 50 years onto a woman's life and a vagina that's never been properly exercised. And of course it's going to have issues, right? And so a huge piece of lubrication in women as they age is simply circulation, right? Circulation equals lubrication. If you have excellent blood flow through exercising that muscle regularly, you immediately have better lubrication and even better hormonal circulation in the area. So that's a huge physical component. And the other component is just women re-engaging or engaging if they've never been engaged with that part of themselves. And then for men, the same thing, they can have rock star six hour long erections well into their 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm not sure I haven't had that many eight year old clients, but I don't discount it <laughs> um, <laughs> that they can achieve that by getting back in touch with this part of themselves and using these practices that I teach in my work of how to harvest their sexual energy. So most people at orgasm tend to eject all of that sexual energy out of them, right? So they feel that that, you know, the kind of payoff for orgasm is passing out <laughs> is like the stress relief of having a nap afterward, where I say, actually, the sign of whether the big barometric question to ask is, do you feel energized, rejuvenated, transformed, and like your life was changed and full of ecstasy after you have sex? If not, you're doing it wrong. 
And that's not a judgment as much to say that if sex is either, if it's giving you energy, you're doing it right. And if it's taking away energy and depleting you, you're doing it wrong. And that's because sex is meant to energize us. It's meant to revitalize, heal us. And if it's just being used on a really kind of base level of a sleep aid, it's just a waste, right? It's again, I don't have any moral judgment about that. It's more like, does this give me energy or take away energy? This is something, yeah, it's completely new for me. And I've been telling my husband all about it and um, and that we should be feeling energized. And th- this, is, this is why I... Um, just totally lost my train of thought, but I wanted to ask you something more specific about the, um, the, the oh yes, though, so the, the sperm, like this is, I mean, sperm, the, the cum or the ejaculation, because I know some of the people on this call listening to me are uh, big fans of spermidine. Like we take spermidine um, as a supplement to create autophagy. And what I learned that What's there's a- spermidine? Oh, spermidine. Oh, oh, this is an, um, this is a supplement that um, triggers autophagy. Autophagy is the cellular cleanup of the, of our cells. We have toxic waste and the, the, the cell becomes recycled and you older people, the oldest people, as you age, you know, if you're in a good condition, the older people who are living well are in autophagy. And that what creates autophagy is generally fasting, ice bathing. I know what autophagy is, so, okay. but what is spermidine? So what spermidine, is, why is it called spermidine? Is it full of cum? Like, is it you just take your partner's cum and put it in a glass and drink it? Like, what's the... <laughs> Well, spermidine gets its name because of because it comes from sperm. And so that's been studied. That's why it gets this, this lovely name. So people have been able to find it in natto, in wheat germ, in um, the rind of cheese and mushrooms. It's in very often in the Japanese diet. It appears a lot. They find sperm in, in spermidine. In yes, so it's a component okay. that we find in sperm. And when you sell a bottle of spermidine, you're, you're taking about one milligram a day. Sperm, when a man ejaculates, has 15 milligrams. Tell you, baby, I've been professing the cum diet for decades, <laughs> right? That everyone needs to be on the cum diet. You need to be eating cum, you need to be having cum, you need to be coming, you need to be coming out. Like that, this is essential <laughs> medicine for people. Look, I mean, there's even been Dr. Gordon Gallup did a study on um, back in, I don't know. 15-ish years ago, maybe longer, and found that like he did a study comparing depressed women and those who were taking in ejaculate without any barrier, like having the same amount of sex, but some of them were using condoms and others weren't, right? And so he could tell like that. And then he started to notice that the women who were not using condoms all their depression, depression symptoms went away. So he was like really looking closely at the composition of ejaculate to see that it's got all these antidepressants, all these like mood boosting, immune boosting. Dopamine, you know, serotonin. Yeah, yeah, everything. Just a total biochemical cocktail, right? And so I've always been like, there's this whole debate. Um, you might've even heard it in the biohacking community about whether men should ejaculate or not ejaculate, right? And there's ways, there's sort of questions that's a whole other topic but i'd be like ladies if he doesn't want it you take it right yes. like, make sure that stuff does not get wasted like take it 
in the mouth, in the vagina, up the butt, like anywhere. It's good stuff. Just make sure that, you know, like, because I would get high after eating calm. Like I would, you know, eat calm, especially because it was like a main line to my brain. Yes. And then I would run to my computer and be writing. I'd be so creative and have all these ideas happening. Then when I saw that study, it just validated what I already knew to be true. Plus in like tantric and Taoist traditions, they talk about the potency of ejaculate and fluids, like our, our beautiful lubricating and orgasming fluids from both sexes, right? That these are power drinks and that we ought to be exchanging them and absorbing them consciously as the, what I would call the fountain of youth. Like I believe that's actually what the fountain of youth was referring to was our <laughs> own fluids and our sexual energy, not some random place, you know, hidden, like actual, phys- no, 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 it's in us. It's in us. And this is what it is. And that's why sex has been so heavily censored over the years is because this is our true power source that we literally have at our fingertips, at our genitals. But that knowledge and power has been, you know, there's been a, a facade put over top of it and a diversion, right? A detour, like don't look here, right? Don't look here. This is where you find that answer that we can heal ourselves and rejuvenate ourselves and create this whole anti-aging mechanism from our genitals. So anyway, spermidine, yes, all about the um, ingestion of fluids for sure. Yes. Oh, you have to check out spermidine, but you probably don't need it at all. And it's free. I just get it from the cock. I get it directly (laughs) from the source. I don't need to buy it. Exactly. I totally agree with you. When I found that out, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this is, I, you know, gold pretty much because <laughs> I've been spending a lot of money, you know, on, on, on spermidine tablets. So let's just get it straight from the source. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And there's more, yeah, there's more, a lot more interesting things too in sperm that we don't even know about. Why is it that then we're so suppressed about talking about this. And, you know, I had met a woman the other day who's Irish in her sixties and she can't even talk to her girlfriends about menopause. It's, you know, it's, oh, hush, hush. And you think, oh my God, the poor thing. You can't even talk about that. You know, but many other cultures also don't talk about sex, even among your girlfriends. And why are we so suppressed in this way? And as we get older, I think it's deliberate. Like I just said, I think that the suppression, because it's really institutional, right? It's coming down from government. It comes down from religions and you see it in all of them, right? And it's like, why? And if you, when you take away, like if you go further back than that to say indigenous peoples, like they don't have these kinds of, of limitations and taboo and beliefs around sexuality. I see it as a very deliberate suppression of people and taking their power away, taking away their autonomy, their ability to really self no to because and then you couple that with the kind of trauma so then it's like a volcano right you're suppressing all of that energy and people and we've seen that i made a flippant remark about the catholic church earlier but the but the truth is there right they have suppressed all of that energy and instead of just making it go away it comes out in all of these untoward ways like abusing children so the suppression didn't really work like i believe it is possible to go on conscious periods of celibacy where you channel that energy in other ways you know using very deliberate practice. I believe that's possible, that's, but that's not what they're doing, right? They're just trying to shut it down and then it explodes in all of these very, very awful, awful ways. 
by not doing that and taking that energy in, then we're gaining that power. But I think that if you were, if you were really trying to handicap, that was, that'd be like your main target would be people's sexual energy and their sexual selves. Because I think that is that this is their true nature, right? Like our sexual energy and essence contains the whole blueprint of who we are as individuals, right? Our unique blueprint is all made up in our sexual energy. And the more in touch we are with that, like I said, the more we self-realize and become the highest versions of who we really are. And when we're cut off from that, it's like we're cut off from the source of ourselves and even the divine flow of energy. If you don't think it's too much of a conspiracy, but it really, you know, it's happening right now to acknowledge that this is a deliberate effort to separate people from that. So then you have all of this programming about the shame and nastiness and the whatever awfulness of sex. And then you couple that with people being abused and violated sexually. So you put all this sexual trauma on top of that and people then become very waylaid when it comes to their sexual energy, right? They're very confused or it's misdirected. It's like that volcano that's got to find some place to come out but it doesn't come out where it's meant to come out. So maybe it comes out in reproductive ailments or really difficult periods or very difficult menopause or erectile issues or like low libido where that's not really the source. Those things are just symptoms of stuck sexual energy where we're being cut off from that source. Hey, I'm butting in for a quick second. If you enjoy the content brought to you in this podcast, consider supporting Hack My Age by becoming a patron on patreon.com. This is where you can drop a tip or become a member for the price of a coffee. Members get special material, free coaching, and private Zoom calls. Join us by going to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Hack My Age. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. I'm wondering how difficult that is to to break and in, in an older adult. So maybe explain some of this the, the the programs that you offer when you go through with them with somebody older. What are the challenges with that, as well as is say an older woman who has vaginal prolapse or can't you know the aging issues of of incontinence and uh, that may stop her from having a healthy sex sex life there's so many aging issues frailty uh, low libido uh, low energy all this stuff how do you is it harder with an older adult the only thing that's harder is that there's more brainwashing and propaganda to work through right there's more belief systems that might be entrenched and this is why i work really hard like a feature in my podcast is we have a an interview segment called the well-fucked all-star and so i interview people who have been through my courses and have them share about their breakthroughs and the and the evolution that they've had for example like a couple years back i did a podcast called Myths of Menopause. And I interviewed a 72-year-old woman who's like gushing like nobody's business, having orgasms all the time, giving her partner blowjobs all over the house, right? To really yeah, show people like <laughs> this is what, right? Like this is what is possible for all people. And actually this is something that I, like a huge part of my work is really just convincing people that they can do this, that everyone can do this. And in part of my work, I have what I call the Anami guarantee, which is everyone can. 
everyone can have multiple life-changing G-spot, vaginal, cer cervical, ejaculating orgasms like squirting fluid that hits the ceiling. Every woman can shoot ping pong balls with their vagina. Every woman can have a ravenous libido into their 70s and 80s. Every man can have rock hard erections and have sex for eight hours at a time. Every man can learn how to separate orgasm from ejaculation. These are possible for every single person. I guarantee it. The only thing that gets in the way are people's blocks. And so a huge part of what I do, and those could be programming blocks. Like I said, the idea that women age or like the way, even the way you're phrasing it, right? This idea of frailty or that it's normal to perhaps dry up or it's normal to prolapse or it's normal. Like I'm saying, no, these things have been normalized. And we sort of like, oh, no, no, they're there, little girl. It's normal if you have that. And I'm like, no, that's a crock of shit. Like, that's just, that's really allopathic marketing, really. Like, it's a big marketing campaign to tell people that they're helpless and that they're the victims of these things. And if you're into biohacking, you know, you probably know that you take the power back. You find all these quantum growth concepts and techniques and practices and foods and lifestyle habits, and you can take the power back. And the exact same thing applies to sexuality is just cutting through the bullshit of whatever programming people have taken on previously and trauma, right? Because I said, it's, it's pro, I mean, the two biggest, you know, problems would be programming ideas, beliefs, and then trauma, you know, legitimate trauma that they've experienced because of probably the programming and the beliefs that they or other people have been subject, right? So it's healing that, clearing that away. You know, the natural born running movement, like the natural born runners, Yes, do, who run without shoes. Yeah, uh, McDougall wrote this book about it when he that sort of whole thing came out. And he was looking at, he said, like, humans are actually naturally born to run. And in all of the time that he looked, he could never find an, a study anywhere that proved the benefit of running shoes. So when people are like, oh, running's hard on your knees, blah, blah, blah. He said, actually, you know what was causing all the running injuries? Running shoes. That humans as a species, even anthropologically, are born to run. The way that we used to hunt was we would outrun our prey. We would run for 10 hours, 12 hours, 20 hours until the prey collapsed because most animals have short bursts of speed. Right. And our the way that we conquered and hunted was by being able to go the distance. And so we were born to run. It's part of who we are. Just like we were born to fuck and have multiple <laughs> orgasms. It's part of who we are and have ecstatic sexual pleasure. What gets in the way are the running shoes, i.e. the blockages, the programming, the trauma. And so it's like, get rid of the running shoes, get rid of the programming and the trauma and the beliefs, heal that, shift it. And then every single person has that innate power, that fountain of youth, that energy of vitality and sexual voraciousness within them. That is normal. It's normal to have an off the charts libido. It's normal to want to have sex with your partner every day. It's normal to have periods that are pleasurable and not painful. It's normal to have menopause that is super easy and a blip on the radar. It's normal for a guy to be able to have a three hour erection, you know, and have his woman come or partner come over and over and over. That's normal, right? It's just that the opposite of those things become normalized. We live in this culture right now of like really sort of victim indulgence, right? Of like, mm -hmm. oh, there, there, it's okay if you have that. Don't worry about it. It's normal. It's like, no, it's not. You can accept that if you want to. I don't care. But like I'm saying that what's normal is to be in an optimal state and we have the power to achieve that every single person. Yeah, you are like the 
just biohacking sex completely. And this is what, what biohacking community people would do when we get your blood work done and they say it's normal. And in fact, it's you're being compared to say the average American who's sick. Right. And so right. when I get my blood work and they tell me normal, I'm like, oh shit, I'm sick. So <laughs> I better go and, and optimize my blood work. And that's where the same thing, when I found out about you, I was like, you know, the same preconceived ideas, like it's normal, all these things. And, but I was in the back of my head. I just, I saw those cultures like you did, who were thriving, who were doing amazing things, older women, not going through menopause and they're not taking any hormones or not. And you're going, what? Okay. There are people doing this. So it's possible. Okay. Now I think it's, we should be using the term common. Maybe it's common that you have this type of blood work or common that, that you have these disbeliefs or these beliefs about, about sex and older age, but it's not normal. And this is what I love about you and your work. And what you do is you're bringing this to the surface that no, 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 that's not normal. And we can become, you know, normal or just what we would call optimized in, in, in the world right now in that arena. So I'm loving that you're, you're teaching this to people in your salons and, and this is what you do. And I highly recommend everyone to please, you know, check, check them out. You've got one coming up. I think on Thursday it's opening, right? Is this the the couples coming together? Yes, there's the coming together for couples salon and that starts this week. And so I have five major salons that run throughout the year, the couples one, one for I have vaginal Kung Fu, which is the art of vaginal weightlifting and shooting ping pong balls with your vagina. And just really, I mean, that's the sensational element of it, but it's really about connecting to that part of yourself, strengthening the vagina through exercises and reclaiming your sexuality, learning how to heal and energize and harvest that energy and channel it out into the world. I have one for men, sexual mastery for men, which is teaching them similar ideas right how to connect to that energy and really own their masculine power because we're in an age where the idea of gender neutrality is really heralded where I'm like no 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 I'm really I think that having masculine men and feminine women is fantastic that energy in them and how for them to become multi-orgasmic you know eight hour a night kinds of guys and learn how to separate orgasm from ejaculation and the well-fucked woman salon which is like taking that to the next level in women and really harnessing their feminine power and learning about all the different types of orgasms i have one called sexy mama which is holistic pregnancy and ecstatic birth because i believe that childbirth ought to be the largest biggest most wild orgasm of a woman's life it wasn't meant to be painful and and the couples salon, which is that how do you bring that together? How do you communicate honestly and openly? How do you build a conscious relationship that is sexy and engaging and sparks flying for decades? Because I think that is also normal. Like it is absolutely possible for every couple, even couples who've been stagnant for years and in a buddy-buddy kind of situation to resume and get back to that place of can't keep your hands off each other, right? It's just that people don't learn how to do this or accept, again, that it's normal after a certain amount of years that, oh, you just lose your sex interest or sex drive with each other. No, it's not normal. It's become normalized. And you can still 
be in a 30-year-old marriage and still be orgasmic and having daily sex and really being excited by each other. What about, so, you know, when you, by the time you hit 50, well, a lot of us are divorced and uh, 50% of the marriages end in divorce, maybe not have partners. So what about, do you, how do you work with them? Are they, can they join your program? Yeah. I mean, anyone can take the couple's salon. They, we have singles take it so that they can learn these principles to apply into their next relationship. And so there's home play. You get lifetime access to all the programs. So you can go through it live with me. There's a weekly live Q&A call that people can attend and ask ask me anything really and then you have home play assignments to do you watch videos every week and then I troubleshoot with people and then there's lifetime access so if you want to go back and refer to it as a library right as a compendium of all of this information or in the next relationship or even if people's partners aren't really interested at the moment is like to take that even you know like sometimes, you know, one person is more keen on this work and the other person's a little bit reluctant. I say, you know, for people to work on themselves that you invite the partner and if they don't respond immediately, you go, okay, that's fine, but I'm going to work on this. I'm going to change. And you do. The person evolves and their vibration shifts, right? And then they approach their partner. Their partner notices something different about them and they're intrigued and then they're usually attracted to that. And that changes the dynamic in a relationship where that other person then often comes along because they've had the pressure taken off of them. They're noticing something rather interesting in their partner, right? That well fuckingness <laughs> that they wear. If yeah. they're really doing the work, the person is wearing that energy and it's very, very attractive. When I first found you, I saw that you had, I was watching one of your videos and it was, you said something about a 30 day sex challenge. And this was just around February and I saw this. I thought, oh, this would be great to try this. And I posted it on Instagram. I said, join me. And, and I you know, followed Kim and Ami's rules. So I looked at my husband. I said, we're doing a 30-day challenge. And he was like, bring it on. <laughs> Is there a one-year challenge? You <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I have to say, it was really energizing. Even though I'm, I'm super busy, I'm just, even though my kids are gone, I, I have a business, I'm doing a master's of gerontology, I'm, I'm studying, I'm just, I have no time. And some of these people who are here listening are some of my friends and know I have no time. But I did make the time for that. And I thought it was really, really interesting. We went through some different um, where, you know, actually, I have to say, at, towards the end, my husband was exhausted. And I'm wondering if it's because I was like, I see you guys just talk. You don't, you're all talk. <laughs> you just, you can't handle it. But I think it's because we didn't practice the internal ejaculation that we didn't know about this until later. And now I'm thinking, as you mentioned before, this is, you're giving up all, you know, all the energy is going out. And so I'm kind of taking some of that stuff in. <laughs> and so I would love to know, you know, what, is that what was happening? Is he just losing his energy? Be. Yeah, I have a great episode on my podcast called Orgasm Without Ejaculation. And I interview one of our all-stars and he talks about this practice of learning to separate orgasm from ejaculation. So, I mean, I have, there's some debates about this. And I think for me, I would say that yes, excessive ejaculation in men can be depleting, but especially excessive unconscious ejaculation. Like when, when couples are really practicing the exchange of this energy and the breathing techniques to really harvest this energy, because most people, their default, because of how we're programmed around sex is they eject it all out of them, 
right, which is quite typified by the male who passes out, literally passes out after having sex or masturbating. And so by using these practices to recirculate this energy within ourselves, we walk away feeling rejuvenated, right? And so yes, I think if someone's not doing those things, and, and to a certain point, when, what I've seen is that if men are practicing these recirculation techniques, even if they ejaculate, they don't lose anywhere near as, as much energy. And then if they learn how to orgasm without ejaculation, that's kind of like the best of both worlds. They're still getting their orgasm and not losing any fluid. But at the very least, if they're practicing the kinds of breathing techniques and the recirculation techniques that I teach, then they walk away feeling energized. They walk away wanting to go to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. Wanting to go for a run. And for most men, that's a very uncommon feeling, right? Typically mm -hmm. after sex, they're ready for a nap. And that even has an impact on the woman, right? When you have this very intimate encounter and you open yourself up and your man kind of energetically withdraws afterwards, there's like a sense of abandonment or like, you know what I mean? Like, where is this person? When they don't do that and they retain their energy, it's even more nourishing and bonding for the relationship because the woman then feels like her partner is still there meeting her, right? He hasn't just checked out right? He's not snoring within three minutes, right? There's that after connection that you're still feeling the energy between each other. And in ultimately in these practices, that's the idea is that after having sex, you're so rejuvenated that you do want to go exercise, you take that energy out into the world, and you, you apply it, you, you fuse it, infuse it into everything you do, rather than passing out, right, yeah. where you basically drained yourself. That's the question that, you know, like I said, the big barometric question is sex giving you energy or taking it away. And so if someone's feeling exhausted, then they're not doing it right in the sense of something that they're doing is causing them to lose energy rather than feeling revitalized after they're in. Yeah, I think that's what was going wrong. So we have got to get attend to one of your salons <laughs> and figure out how to have sex. We're wrapping up here, but I, I want to ask you one question that I think was very important in one of my last posts about sex and longevity is, other than the spermidine that we know, um, how, how can sex or having a healthy sex relationship or life help someone live longer, increase health span? Because studies have shown this to be true. Well, I think it would be in utilizing these principles, like the techniques that I'm talking about that recirculate that energy. I mean, if this really is the fountain of youth, then we have access to it. We just need to learn how to better use it. And most people don't know that. They just waste that energy and pleat themselves with it rather than using it as a beauty treatment, as an anti-aging treatment, as an immune boosting supplement, as a mood booster, right? And so I think the the stats are that having 200 orgasms a year will take seven to 10 physical appearance looking years off of your face, right? Wow. So they're, they've actually done studies about the anti-aging benefits of frequent sex and orgasm. My the caveat that I would give there is that it's going to be even more powerful and regenerative if you are doing these kinds of things that I teach, like the recirculation practices, rather than just dumping that energy out. Yeah, super important. I, you know, your podcasts are brilliant. And I've been so inspired by the people you interview, um, the Wellfect All-Stars um, as well, that they just sing your praises. They, their lives have been truly transformed. In, and they, they would admit their sex lives were pretty good already. And then they've gotten to some other level. So this is what brings them so much curiosity. And I think everyone, like you said, 
can do it. Everyone can tap into it. Uh, before we wrap up, I would love to um, answer a couple of questions. What is the plans for you for the next year? What do you, do you like to accomplish yourself? Become better at surfing. <laughs> Become a better surfer. Well, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's a great one. I love that. You've been surfing all your life pretty much, right? Not all my life. No, like I started probably my younger years, but then didn't surf for a long time and have resumed it. And so it's like really important to me. That's a major life goal to become an accomplished, a very accomplished surfer. So I'm a decent surfer. I love that. I love that setting your goals. And this is wonderful. And you're in a great place for that in, in Bali and LA and all the other beaches in between. If you could speak to your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? Nothing, because I think she needs to go through everything she went to and find her way. And that's when I look back on my life and how the journey that it took, it's like everything that I learned and the choices I made, and even the things where I didn't really know where I was going, exactly what I was doing, it all turned out to be in retrospect, perfect, right? So many, so much of my own self-education. So there's a really great question here that I thought might be good to ask in your chat, if mm -hmm. we could. Sure. How can you be well fucked and single? And that applies to men. And that's, I, I think I touched on it a bit, but I'll just clarify is that by using these practices of, again, like taking that energy, breathing it, harnessing it, harvesting it through your body, then and working on your own sexual blocks, right? Working on these barricades that you have, then you are able to become well fucked, even if you're not with a sexual partner. And I teach something that I call meditate, masturbate, create, which is that you meditate for a few minutes, then you stimulate yourself or have sex with a partner, and then you go and do something creative. And so I'd been teaching, I taught this principle to well, someone did the this, whatever, this technique. And she was single, she'd been recently broken up. And then she went into town the next day. And this guy comes like running across the street to talk to her. And she's like, what's going on? He's like, you are so beautiful. I can I please, please have your phone number, right? And she's like, Whoa, what is this, right? She goes to the gas station, and she's pumping her gas. This other guy comes up to her. She's like, he's like, I just have to tell you that you're gorgeous, right? She's like, what she's what's happened is she's wearing her sexual energy, right? She's wearing this well fuckedness all over herself that people from across the street can see and feel and tune into. And she's not like supermodel. She's an attractive woman, but you know what I mean? Like the yeah. kind of like traffic stopping, whatever, not like walking down the street in like high heels, miniskirt, like supermodel. No, she's just like probably gone to, to, to town in her sweats. You know, and I hear that all the time, like women are wandering around in their sweats, like, you know, not even showered, no make, like nothing. And men are coming up to them and approaching them because there's just something, there's je ne sais quoi, but we know what it is. It's their sexual energy that they are just oozing out into the world without trying, right? They're not trying to be seductive. They're not trying to attract attention. It's the opposite. It. They're just enjoying the feeling of being, you know, basking in that energy and it's drawing that attention to them. So you can be extremely well fucked and be single. I have had some of my most well fucked periods in my life when I have been. So it's totally possible. I love that. You're, you, what you're teaching is not just for couples. This is, I think, even more important for people who are, want that sexual, sexual energy. If they are looking for uh, someone in, in significant in their life, like girlfriends or, you know, having that sexual energy for creativity, for a better job. I heard people on your podcast saying they got promotions and they'd be able to, <laughs> to harness their sexual <laughs> energy. So it's, it's all about your pussy power. And while well, men, I guess you're, um, you know, whatever power, 
open. But we've got um, a couple of, a couple more questions. How long does the course take? All of the courses I run are eight weeks, except the couples course is 10 weeks. So it's a little bit longer to accommodate there being two people. I think um, there's another question here. I think someone also saw the video you just posted about 11 different orgasms, which um, was quite <laughs> impressive. <laughs> that was just one. And she asks, do you learn vaginal, cervical, G-spot and squirting orgasms on all the courses and recycling energy? Pretty much. I think all the courses do talk about that, the well women coming together and sexual mastery for men the vaginal kung fu the egg course is focused more on like how to create that environment right like how to learn to get to know your own vagina warm it up denumb it and make it this pleasure center so then you set the stage to have these orgasms and then the pregnancy childbirth course isn't focused specifically on orgasms like we talk about them somewhat in these courses but the full more like step-by-step process is through those three that I mentioned, but we talk about recycling that sexual energy in all of the courses, right? Like that really is such a foundational idea of being able to tap into that and harvest it and then channel it out into the world. One last question. Is the yoni egg wearing all day a tool too? Well, no, like wearing a yoni egg is actually useless. It's kind of as though you would take a you know, a weight and tape it to your arm and wear it around all day. Like, what would that do? The point of lifting weights is you need feedback and resistance, right? You do a certain amount of sets and reps, and that's what builds strength. If you can stick an egg up there and wear it around all day, it's just because you wedged it up there. It's not because you're actually building any kind of strength. That advice is frankly poor advice. It's what people say usually when they have no idea how to use a jade egg and they just want to sell them and be part of this trend now that was started by my vagina. So no, it's not a tool. Working out your vagina is absolutely a tool with a jade egg, but just sticking it up there and like vacuuming the house and stuff like that is just an illusion. That's not. There's so much to learn, so much to learn from you. So I thank you so much for all of your time. Is there any last um, message you would like to tell women over 50 or men, um, just an older generation before we leave you? Everyone can, right? The Anami guarantee. And that applies to people of different ages, whether they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I've had less experience with people in their 80s, but, you know, in their well into their 70s, that this is all possible. And so all of the typical excuses that people might ha- give for themselves, I just see age as being another one of those stories. I don't see it as being a concrete fact or reality or biology. I don't see that at all. I see that we are much stronger than that. And so much of the, you know, like I I call it propaganda around aging or marketing campaign for allopathic medicine around aging is just false. And it's not at all true. It's just an accumulation of more unresolved stuff is all it is, right? It's not that we have certain timelines biologically or biochemically. I don't believe that at all. And so the, the last words are everyone can everyone in whatever decade or stage of their life or anything, everyone can. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. You are just such an inspiration. Everybody check her out, check out her programs on kimanami.com, K-I-M-A-N-A-M-I. She's on Instagram, YouTube, always Kimanami. It's so easy to find her. And the podcast's fantastic, Orgasmic Enlightenment. I, I love it. So guys, educate yourself. I'll see you at her salon. Let's sign up for her program because there's so much to learn. Aging is is um, is going to be an amazing, amazing journey with, with Kim. Thank you so much. 
Take care, everybody. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye. Hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring. Statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.